Hey, hey, hey. It's the Steve Maraboli Podcast. Whispers of genius, echoes of madness. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much, everyone, for your messages, your sharing. Uh, it's it's incredible to me that taking the time to to do this and having such a great team that sets this up so that we can come to you for an hour, an hour and change uh Every week, a couple times a week, sometimes, uh, and the impact that it's having and the messages, it just means the world to me. Um, so thank you so much to everybody who's reaching out and sharing this staff, staff, welcome. So good to be back on with you. I really, really appreciate you taking the time and the impact that this is having. Thanks for having me back. Hi guys. So it's like, it's so interesting because we had mentioned, and I know I had a busy couple of weeks, but we had mentioned doing uh, a show and I really like this format that we're doing where we get to hit some of the topics on social media, but at the same time have some fun with it. So uh, today I saw on the list that we're going to talk aliens. I guess the <laughs> the people have spoken. They have. <laughs> it's, it's how, how are you holding up and how are you feeling are you getting the? Are you seeing the light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to uh, quarantining and and the 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 new normal, as they're saying? I have no idea. I'm I. I think most I'm people sure. are like that. Yeah. What's What's really interesting is that I, I'm with you, and I think most people aren't sure. Like some people say, I see the light, but I'm not sure if that's a good light or if that's a train coming. Like they're not <laughs> sure. It's an honest th- way of looking at it because when something changes so quickly, so drastically. It's hard to to find that light, that positive that's in there. So, but what is interesting is for me, and I was guilty of this in the beginning, especially where you kind of start saying, "Okay, well, things will go back to normal after you know a, a couple of days," and you're like, "Oh, things will go back to normal after a week," and then you're like, "Are things ever going to go back to normal?" <laughs> and then you kind of process like, "Wait." I hated normal. Like, why do I even want things to go back to normal? Like, what's my new normal going to look like? And then you start processing it that way. It is so interesting, though, because what you do get caught in that process of, wait, I'll wait till it gets back to normal. What's even normal? What's even normal anymore? You become a philosopher to, I hated normal. When when things go back, I am going to do different. Mm -hmm. And what's lost in that process is that you start getting into that on hold existence. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think you've you've heard me say this before, but that that on hold existence sneaks up on us. We don't realize how much we, we I I remember I got some messages you you had posted that thing about uh MTV's Kurt Loader. Yeah. Oh, that was So crazy. everyone knew Kurt Loader, mm-hmm. Kurt Loader and then pow, just like that Kurt Loader turned 25. So it's like, hey, I mean, 75, sorry. He, Kurt Loder <laughs> yeah. turned 75. And so you start realizing, oh, wow, life is flying by and it does not care. This calendar is spinning and spinning and spinning. And so you start realizing what's happening with my life. It's just all going so fast. A lot of that mindset comes from that living that on hold existence where we don't we don't recognize it when we're doing it to ourselves. Do you know what I mean? In other words... If you called, let's say you have a, a, your phone company, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, whoever you use, any whatever your cell phone carrier is, right? Let's say you call them because you're having an issue. When they say, okay, please hold for the next available agent. <laughs> so 
you're holding a couple of minutes. You're like, whatever, you know, a few minutes now. You're like, can I just go online? Like you start, start thinking <laughs> five minutes is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 10 minutes. You're like, dude, this is insane. Do they even care about me as a, cl-? if you go 15, 20 minutes, you're questioning not only why you use this company, I'm just going to get a different phone. You start becoming a philosopher. You're on a hold for 30 minutes or something crazy like that. You're like, it's 2020. How could you even have people on hold for 30 minutes? What even is that? Do I even need a cell phone anymore? You start <laughs> rethinking your entire life because somebody involuntarily put you on hold for minutes it's crazy to me once i realized it it's crazy to me that when somebody involuntarily put you on hold for minutes you are ready to change your entire life it is a horrible feeling and we've all been there yet we will put ourselves on hold for months maybe even years you know when i pay off my house when the summer's over when after thanksgiving you start putting yourself it might be may and you'd be like no after the summer forget it i'm gonna do this that and the other thing you just put yourself on hold for three or four months like that without even a complaint without even a, 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 a chagrin nothing Whereas if a company did that to you for minutes, you'd lose your shit. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? (laughs) And so that's what happens with this, where we start recognizing, all right, well, when when things get back to normal, when things get back to new normal, who even knows what new normal is, when things, when we're allowed out again, when I can do this, when, Mm -hmm. when, 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 what you don't realize is subconsciously you are putting yourself on hold and the world doesn't acknowledge that (laughs) the sun keeps spinning the the Mm -hmm. earth keeps spinning around the sun everything keeps just moving as we travel through or fall through this universe (laughs) everything keeps moving and we realize the only thing that is sure is that today is a day that will process and go and a day you will never have back that we can be sure Mm -hmm. remember when people used to when people used to think that I was super, super uplifting and motivated, <laughs> which I am to a degree. It yeah. depends on how you look at it, right? I'm, yeah. I have ups and downs like everybody else. But when people would say, you know, what keeps you going? What makes you stay motivated and getting things done? And I have actually a very <laughs> dark reason. And it's because of the volunteering I did when I got out of the military. It's because of how many people that I've actually spent time with who are on their last days where I started realizing, oh, this is coming. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's coming. And yeah. you've heard me say this before, but I like to take as much uh, insecurity out of things as possible. It's a way that I look at things. And one of those things is kind of morbid and could be depressing if you look at it this way. But for me, I'd rather have this truth than have it surprise me. And I'd I'd rather be propelled by this truth. And that is that... I I don't know when I'm going to die. I don't think any of us do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But what I do know, I could take the mystery out of one thing. What I do absolutely know is that today, I'm one day closer. Yeah. It's maybe a morbid way of looking at it, but it is a way to look at it. 
And that way I can be sure. So what am I going to do with today? That forces you to recognize that there are a finite amount of days. I don't know how many, but there is a number. And we can also know, I don't know how many, but I can know that I'm using one of them today. So what am I using it for? What am I using it towards? What am I, what am I doing with this day? So when I do get things done, even if I have a day in which I only got five things done, it's five more things than anyone who's living that on hold type of life. Who's going to do it in November or January 1st or my resolution or for my birthday or when I graduate or when I sell this or when I lose five pounds, when I, all of the ways that we, we put ourselves on hold. And when you put yourself on hold, you secure that zombie existence of life. You secure that zombification of your day to day where suddenly you're like, oh my God, it's 2020 already. Oh, it's Friday already. Oh, it's May already. And you start realizing I didn't live through any of those months, those days, those weeks. And the reason you didn't is because somewhere you allowed for the subconscious zombification of your life. And that's by living that on hold life. So for me, during these moments of, of transition, make sure that you're not transitioning in the waiting room of your life, but instead every day you still have the opportunity. Yes. You want to be healthier. You want to work towards your goals. You want to be a better, whatever you can still work on that day to day to some capacity. And if you let go of the ideal, if you let go of the way it used to be, if you stop talking about a particular day on the calendar and instead recognize that today is a different one, you can actually control it and you can do your best to move your life in the direction of your goals. And I think that's something for me to work on daily. And it's something for what it's worth for all of you, a little life hack for all of you, um, something to work on daily to stop zombifying your life by living it in an on hold manner. Be, be just as angry at yourself for putting your life on hold as you would for your, your cell phone company or whatever other company. Zombification. I like that. Don't you see it that way though? Yeah. Like you see that same crap, different day mindset mm -hmm. going through people all the time now. And I had, I had it myself. Don't ever think anyone who's like, Oh, I never, that means they have it more than you probably. <laughs> And the older I get, the more I realize that whoever says never, they do it and feel it more than most. And, and so, yeah, you just have to recognize this is the most common thing. We are pattern seekers. And so when we see a pattern, not only do we, because we seek it, it means we're drawn to it. It means we find ourselves in it. You know how they say uh, uh, you can be in a situation until someone says, don't look down. And then suddenly you look down mm -hmm. and you change the pattern of that experience. So suddenly you weren't off balance until you looked down and now you're off balance. It's not that you're off balance. It's you're drawn to the new pattern. Oh. And so that's the thing that we have to pay attention to. So I, uh, I appreciate that little insight of recognizing that with this new way of living right now, we can actually be uh, accidentally throw ourselves into on hold living. And again, that's not living, that's existing. And that's a great way to let the calendar fly by without you participating in any of those days. It's that gauge that you were talking about, that MTV guy who turned 75. Yeah. It's, I see that when my nephews or nieces turn a certain age. I'm like, oh, what What have I how, been doing? How could they be getting time? older if I'm the same age? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's it. Those yeah. gauges that just keep you keep yeah. you in check and what am I doing with my days? How would your life change if you knew... When you would die, would it change? 
I I think that um, the old me would have, you know, done that. Tim McGraw, I went skydive. <laughs> it would it would do. I would go into that mm-hmm. kind of bucket listing. The new me, I try to avoid death every day. Mm-hmm. I just look at death differently. Now, for those of you listening to this, that sounds super dramatic because I'm not a daredevil or anything. I don't mean that kind of death. I try to avoid every a death every day in the sense of that zombified thinking. There are plenty of people who are dead. They just haven't been buried yet. They might not be buried another 50 years, but they died a while ago. They died when they put themselves on hold. They died when they stopped chasing their dreams. They died when they let their relationships falter. They died when they stopped being good friends. They died when that light inside of them went out and they started saying things like, same shit, different day. It is what it is. That is zombie speak. They are dead. So I fight that off every day. I don't look for physical death. It'll come when it comes. For me, the more painful is the psychological death, the spirit death, the soul death. And I know for the, some of you will be like, the soul will never die. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. You know those people. I have met some incredibly beautiful people inside and out who heartbreakingly speak like zombies. Heartbreakingly speak like zombies. Oh, you're a dead person. And here you are with all of this potential all of this this ability to transform your world and because you were in some shitty relationship where some other monster told you that you're no good or you can't or you lie blah 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 and they sold you their monster zombie mindset you believed it and now you're dead too Mm. and sometimes something snaps us out of that that's that I know you posted every now and then that conversation I had years ago with somebody where I grabbed the microphone and I was ready to go kill it on stage. Uh, and they said, hey, knock them dead, Steve. And I said, no, no, no. They're already dead. I'm about to knock them alive. <laughs> and that's that's how I feel. And, and so my life wouldn't change because I'm fighting off death like that every day. I'm fighting off complacency every day. I'm fighting off stagnancy every day. When, when same shit, different day becomes true for you, you may have a pulse, but you are dead. Wow. Thank you. You're welcome. You asked. <laughs> I <laughs> did. You did ask. What are we, are we doing aliens today? I feel like I want to do some alien talk because doing... I feel like people wanted to write in. I'm excited about aliens. Just as excited I am about mm-hmm. zombies and bringing zombies back to life. <laughs> yeah. I love conversations about aliens and stuff. And I'll tell you why. You learn a lot about a person from their conversations about aliens. Oh, all right. How so? You learn how they view things that may or may not be greater or different than they are. Hmm. You view and hear about what their perspective is on how big and powerful the universe is, how broad the species are. You get to view and hear so many things. Sometimes sneaks in their views on God and religion. Hmm. Sometimes sometimes it's oddly racist when you talk about aliens. <laughs> sometimes the aliens from other planet conversation becomes oddly racist. So you you learn a lot about people when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I love the conversation um, mostly because who knows? 
Yeah. Who knows? And a lot of times for me, just like that conversation about God, I feel like you don't you don't know, and maybe we don't have the capacity to know. And mm-hmm. so we give explanation like to the, to our to our degree of explanation. You ever hear a child explain something? You know, show a child something challenging and have them explain how it works to you. That, to me, is a conversation about religion and aliens. Oh, wow. I like that. You know, watch a Disney movie mm-hmm. and that's how they, you know, how they show things are being done mm-hmm. and how, you know, how many little elves and little <laughs> like beings are making the stuff and mm-hmm. how it comes. Like those are, those are views and ideas of how things work. You know, it's kind of like when I was growing up, when it's, you know, thunder and lightning, the lazy explanation is God's bowling, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like lazy ex- explanations, but sure, mm-hmm. God's bowling. You know, and that's, that's that idea. Why not? To me, to my, to my young mind at the time, sure. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's so sure. much better than what I thought. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> and and uh, again, wasn't true, even though the experience was true for me. So yeah. I, in conversations like this, I love it. Some people get he- heated, not so much about the alien conversation, uh, but you still learn a lot about people. And, and, and for me, Mind exercises for me are always fun. You know, I, yeah. I just, you know me, I, I just told you that I sincerely view some people who are walking and talking as actually dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so mind exercises are always fun for me. What did people have to say? Okay, so we put up a poll that asked, do you believe we've been visited by aliens? So we had thousands of people who participated. That's fun. And it was 50-50. like split down the middle it was split down the middle except for one vote more wait literally one vote. literally by one vote for yes they believe aliens visited us thousands of thousands of people split in the middle it was i've never seen any i've never seen that before it was crazy so wait so thousands of people participated in the poll yeah and literally one singular vote made the difference because those polls last like 24 hours, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's 24 hours. Thousands of people participated on Instagram and Facebook. Yes. And wow. And one, literally one vote yeah. in, in the idea that yes, aliens visit us. Yes. Wow. So what's, what's challenging about those polls is I want to know why people think yes and why people think no, because you know some of those stories are fantastic yeah i i just think it's interesting because the pentagon recently released three videos of ufos recorded by the navy and they came out and they're like yeah this isn't this isn't earthly yeah, technology what a like i thought <laughs> what a bummer because i grew up when when you were growing up was it like ufos was alien attacks a big thing because when I, I don't know i don't remember when i was growing up like et came out so oh, et mm-hmm. was like an alien came to earth mm-hmm. and it was like by accident and and also we had where we were off the heels of the roswell stuff and and so for me i would i grew up super interested in aliens and ufos because of because of my childlike relationship with et mm-hmm, right. um i think uh i was a kid kid like i think i want to say drew barrymore and i are about the same age yeah so I was her age in the, in the, when this came out. So, mm-hmm. um, 
it, it was just a very touching and very humanizing of aliens and how we could all get along. And plus their technology is incredible, that kind of stuff. So close encounters of the third kind, you're probably too young to I saw the end of it. You saw the end of it, right? Yeah. But that's another movie that was big when I was growing up. And, um, you know, it was about alien contact and actually having contact and they land on, on this, uh, this strange looking, uh, mountain and, uh, for me fascinated by it again. So I've always been fascinated about, uh, by it. My idea of it has changed definitely. Uh, but still fascinated by the idea of, of aliens. I love that. You have you have good movie experiences with aliens. I had Independence Day, so it scared the crap out of me. Oh, that is a good point. Yeah. Yeah, because like you're at war with aliens. Right. But I mean, obviously, I watched, I owned E.T. I watched it, but I, I guess it was just Independence Day kind of freaked me out and I was scared of everything. So. All right. Well, you know, it's. It's interesting because I'm sure that some people that, that I think that's the the flow of it. I think mm-hmm. that some people are scared of even when I said some of it's oddly racist. Yeah. Like <laughs> it, it, some people are just scared of something different, something that might have the mm-hmm. technology over you, something that might be stronger than you, some something that might not mean you well. You know, it's not right. it's not when when people put up alarms in their house. It's not that they don't want people there. It's that they don't want people who don't mean you well there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you're not invited, when you're uninvited, unannounced, and you don't mean me well, or I don't know you or understand you, my house is locked, alarmed, right. video cameras everywhere, protective fence, mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's it's not It's not for any other reason than the unknown and the things that don't mean us well. And I think that's what happens with aliens. But for me, historically, the alien conversation is great because I think there might be some some um, morphing of that same religion kind of mindset mm-hmm. with alien mindset. There's there's not understandings, you know, young primitive minds versus um, versus seeing something you don't understand and 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 giving like I was saying with the kids. When kids see something they don't understand, they puts they put a, a reason or causal force behind it that that makes sense to them, but may not be true. I think that that can happen with the young primitive mind as well. I used to think that even more, but now I think that we kind of, as humans, go in cycles. Mm-hmm. I think I think that aliens have always been here. <laughs> And I also think that the reason why the government hasn't come out to to say, you know, waited all this time to say it is because obviously, I mean, in the 1930s, the War of the Worlds in the, the radio, Orson, mm-hmm. Orson, Welles, Orson Welles, it freaked everyone out. Also, it was replayed in the 40s in like Ecuador and they burned the radio station down. Like people like this oh, was really? their reaction because it scared wow. so many people. And then hearing that it was fake, like, so I, I wonder if it's, that was an, a little experiment or something like, wow, this is up there. They're going to react. Let's not say anything. <laughs> that is interesting. I, I'm not as conspiracy theory as that, <laughs> but who knows? Again, mm-hmm. what's great about this is who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So it's, it's like you, you don't know. I, I don't think, I, I don't think that 
and it could be listen the pentagon does re- finally release this thing right navy pilots are like we don't know what that is mm-hmm. we don't know why it's going so fast how it can move we do don't we do not think that we possess anything that can do this right um it was it smart to release that during a global pandemic maybe <laughs> nobody uh, nine, nobody yeah, cared i was so disappointed that nobody cared but like maybe that's why uh, who knows? Maybe there's there's so much to be concerned with that that a ship that you didn't understand how fast it was going or why. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's who knows. Maybe that's that's not something someone's concerned with anymore. I right. find it fascinating. Would much rather talk about that than ninety percent of what's on the I news. Know. But um, but who knows what it is? I, I don't anthropomorphize aliens as much anymore. I start when I was a kid. I used to think that what we saw as UFOs and at the time, I don't think you hear it as much anymore because technology kind of killed the UFO story. It was so interesting. There were so many UFO videos when, when people only had like camcorders and it was all (laughs) grainy. Now that every single person has a camera with them and we record the most obscure, crazy shit there is to record. Like if there's double lightning that hits a basketball that goes into (laughs) a hoop is if it's happened twice in the history of history, Mm -hmm. we have a recording of it because everyone has a camera and it seems like UFO sightings have gone away in that sense. But when I was growing up, it was a lot of UFOs and, and the grays and the little green men kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I used to always think, what if those are time travelers? Like, what if that's the future us yeah. coming to visit and what we're actually seeing is the future us, but in spacesuits? Right. Well, that's an actual theory that scientists have. That Beyond it's my us. elementary school Theory? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. There's a there's a couple different theories. There's one that we're a galactic zoo. Like we're like we're the zoo. We're the zoo right. and that you know that we're not we're not evolved enough for them to just come and talk with us that they're just observing us. Yeah. Well, I think that's like a very again, we don't know. We don't know. But a theory. I think that's a very um like egocentric kind of way of looking at it. Like, wow. Like, like we, they're observing us as humans. <laughs> yeah. When just on face of it, we don't last very long. Mm-hmm. An amazing human life is like a hundred years. An amazing one. We have turtles that last longer than that. You know, like we, mm-hmm. we have, we are mostly not even human. How crazy is that? You want to talk about aliens. We're mostly not even human. Right. Like uh, uh, <laughs> biologists will tell you that most of the cells in our body, mm-hmm. up to 10% of them are human cells. So, and and as little as 1% of them like mm-hmm. are, are human. Most of the cells on your body and bacteria, like most of these cells aren't human and have nothing to do with you. They're just a process that's happening on and in you that doesn't actually have anything to do with you. So when you talk about evolutionary biology and these, these, these life science biologists, the most generous one looks at you and says, you are 10% human. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's freaky. That all of this is happening. Mm-hmm. And then within you, there are some, there are plenty of organ, organisms in you mm-hmm. that live, reproduce, breed, war. They combat mm-hmm. each other. They try to overthrow each other. And this is all happening in your body. 
and they live through you. And then when you die, they move on. That's so crazy. So for me, if there was a galactic zoo, it would be Mm -hmm. about bacteria. It would be about that kind of stuff because that is, those seem to be more resilient. I used to have a theory (laughs) and it's probably so stupid. I'm going to preface this with this theory is probably so stupid. (laughs) And if I told it to an evolutionary biologist, they'd be like, dude, that is so stupid. However, (laughs) I do think there's something to this that in the grander scope, because remember it's perspective, Mm -hmm. in the grander scope of things, could the argument be made that because bacteria, 100% of humans actually die because of some sort of bacterial thing, we attribute it to heart disease. We attribute mm-hmm. it to a million things. But most people, it's some sort of bacterial thing that kills you. We just have different names for it. But the bacteria on your body outlive you. Even when you die, they mm-hmm. keep going Weird. until they leave. You know, so that's what lives on you the longest. And so, but I always wondered if humans because so much of us is actually just giving rides to bacteria and and uh cells that aren't human if humans were an invention or created by bacteria to make them more mobile it's ridiculous like i said i, I there it is ridiculous however <laughs> there might be something to it that's like because of like right now we are in a global pandemic because people travel. Yeah. That's what did this. If it had been in one spot and nobody moved, the bacteria will be stuck in that one spot. But now bacteria is able to move everywhere. And a lot of them are host bacteria. They, they change your behavior. So is there an argument for that? Probably not right now, but maybe in the future there would be that until humans became more mobile, that it's when bacteria thrive the most. Wow. I'm in. So, and again, (laughs) who cares? Yeah, and again, and and again, today's today's whatever day of the week it is, and we're gonna go through the day and mm-hmm. live through it and reach our goals and go navigate through that and and hug our kids, hug our friends, and we're gonna be close. But at the same time, we could still have this discussion and say, yeah. okay, what what is this and how does it pertain to aliens? But most people, when talking about aliens, are talking about like the the little green men kind of visiting aliens, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a few different aliens. Uh, there's the grays, the gray aliens. They're about three to four feet tall, hairless, large heads, black almond eyes. Mm-hmm. And, ooh, the reptilians. The reptilians, David Icke style. David those are like, Those are like the, the aliens that are interdimensional. Mm-hmm, right. The Nordic aliens, they're humanoids with stereotypical Nordic features. They're really tall, blonde hair, blue eyes. So definitely look like me. <laughs> the little green men. Oh, what did, what did we say that I'm closer to that. <laughs> and the, you know what is interesting is all these aliens that people, that, you know, people have seen, had close encounters with. They're very human-like, right? I well, don't see anything that's... Well, you tend to anthropomorphize things, right? So the things are anthropomorphized just mm-hmm. like they anthropomorphize God. And I know this isn't a religion show. However, 
most religions have. Like if you're in any form of Christianity, let's say, in the book of Genesis, the sons of the gods saw the daughters of the earth, and they went down and created a a mixed race, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Half God, half human. Yep. So Genesis. there there is there is that even in biblical lore, there is that aliens come down and seed the earth. Like so even in that and in that case, Genesis is they are literally the ones that reproduced and made this version, you know, the 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 I think they called them the Nephilim, the this this race of giants, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And so and uh and other religions also have its celestial beings. Right. Right. Some are spiritually celestial beings and some religions are physical beings that literally live on a different planet. Yeah. So that would be wouldn't that be considered some sort of alien? Like if they came here or you went there or if you went there, aren't you the alien at that point? It's really interesting. My point is you see that weaving between. Mm-hmm. You see that weaving between. And in theology, what you find so much of is what we would today consider alien conversations. And and you see the the the, the structure of human behavior and belief for it. Like... Um, the cargo cult theory, mm-hmm. right? So was that was that cargo cults? Was that like World War One or two? I forget what it was. It was either World War One or World War Two. Again, this isn't a history show, <laughs> but, but I'm gonna go with with uh, um, with one of the World Wars uh, cargo cult theory. That pe- sociologists would would see that in this particular case, and look this up. There's a great clip of it on YouTube as well where the armed forces would come with their airplanes and they would land on a particular Pacific Island, right? And usually an inhabited Pacific Island that really didn't at this time have access to the outer world. They were self-sufficient on this little remote Pacific Island. Strategically for these forces, military forces, that island was perfect. So they landed on the island, they cut down a bunch of trees, they created runways and fought their version of the war there. How they pacified these quote-unquote savages at the island, the natives, would they would bring them food and mm-hmm. they would drop off fruit or cargo, right? Yeah. They would drop this cargo into the water and if it would be rice and it would be food, it would be sustenance. It's people that, these are people who had to hunt and grab all of their food. Suddenly it was literally falling from the sky. So the war comes and they do all these things and then the war ends and these planes leave and all the cargo leaves with them. <laughs> And so what happens when that, when that happens? Well, sociologists would go back years later and something really interesting happened. The elders of those tribes would say, well, those were our ancestors. Those were the gods. Mm-hmm. And they were being nice and they left because we weren't living good lives. And we didn't deserve for them to stay. Mm-hmm. And then they'd come up with all their rules of what you have to do and all the hoops you have to jump through. And they actually built, they maintained and rebuilt their own little versions of runways. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they built through sticks their own little versions of airplanes and, and watchtowers, which were, which were the um, plane towers, mm-hmm. the tra- traffic control towers. They built their own. And they had like the, the little medallions of airplanes. Like they had suddenly a religion had popped up 
and they would say, let's be holy. Let's have mm-hmm. this day. They picked up these days that they would all go and light little torches and, and kind of like candles, little torches and, and, and hopes that the gods would see this and accept their apology and come back with that cargo, come back with that food. When when food was falling from the sky and they came with their incredible uh, iron birds, you know, and you would see an enti- entire religions par- uh, pop up wow. through this cargo cult ph- phenomenon. And so for me, because I think that technology... Um, and I think this because history is kind of starting to show us this, that technology is cyclical where really smart people think of a lot of really good things and technology. And then the, the not so smart people (laughs) reproduce at a higher rate than the really smart people. Yeah. And we end up with a big civilization of people who use the technology, but don't know how it necessarily works. Right. And so like, for instance, we're, we're on microphones and Mm -hmm. we're with, with, uh, with, the sound and electricity and and all of these things i know how to use them i don't know how they work right if they all broke you'll be here for a long time waiting to see how how i figure out how a microphone works yeah and so same with the phones and your people listening on their phones mm-hmm. i know how to use my phone not as well as a teenager may know how to use my phone but i know how to use my phone <laughs> my phone broke you're going to be a long time waiting for me to figure out how to make one of these phones or to connect it to Wi-Fi or what a Wi-Fi is yeah. or how to get this signal to my headphones without mm-hmm. a wire. Like there's a million things I know how to use. I'm smart enough to use, but I don't know how the hell it was made. And so that, that I think that happens. And and so I think cyclically, like for instance, they found they found cities and I don't mean cities like New York City. I mean cities like you would see in Tulum or Machu Picchu, those type of stone cities, mm-hmm. those type of stone ruins. They found some in Europe underwater. In places they know, they know have been underwater for 30 plus thousand years. Wow. So civilizations don't just grow and build a thing. That means thousands of years of a civilization evolving into one in which they can build a city. And then that city has been underground for 30,000 years. That's crazy. So somehow cyclically that happens. And so we have to recognize that, that this is, again, cyclical. Look at, look at um, uh, why can't I think, uh, Southern Iraq. Well, Sumerian. Sumerian culture, yeah. So the Sumerian culture in Southern Iraq, right? What, what, what is today Southern Iraq? And they had this this entire civilization. Now this, the reason we know so much about this civilization is because it's the oldest documented one. So we can find old things that are thousands of years old, but we're not sure who lived there or how, especially the ones that are underwater. We know they were there and it must've been people or Mm -hmm. people-ish, right? People-ish. People-ish. Who knows? Again, you have Mm -hmm. to be open to who knows. Uh, But Sumeria, we know. Because they had a very, very clear library. They had a clear understanding of what they considered science Mm -hmm. and a separate clear understanding of what they considered theology. They were an advanced culture. They had trade. They had ports. Mm -hmm. And they had commerce with water. They knew this stuff. And within their library of tablets, they had a depiction of the solar system. That depiction had all of the planets, including Pluto, which is beautiful. 
keep in mind that this was 6,000 years ago. So 4,000 years, <laughs> four or 5,000 years before any of the Judeo-Christian stories are told, mm -hmm. before any idea of Jesus, before any of those, f about 5,000 years before that, there was a civilization, Sumeria, that had a depiction of the solar system that included Pluto. We, modern culture, <laughs> didn't find Pluto until 1929. Wow. There's something to that. They had the double helix of DNA imprinted in their science. So which aliens gave them this information? <laughs> Again, is it aliens gave them the information, <laughs> which is definitely possible in their stories? Mm -hmm. That is exactly what happened. Yeah. But I also think it's possible that they were really smart and developed a culture and a society that did that. Why do I think that? Because we kept finding when we were digging through, and I mean modern, modern archaeology, when it was digging through, they kept finding these big, these really large clay jars. And in those clay jars, they kept finding weird, a, a roll, rolled up copper, and like a line in the clay jar. Like there's a mm -hmm. line about halfway in the clay jar. They didn't understand why all these clay jars had copper in them and like a line, like something was in there, whatever they kept in there. Mm -hmm. They initially thought it was maybe wine or whatever because old cultures like that stuff. Right. But this culture had commerce and money and prices and export, import, export rules and all this stuff, plus separate theology. That's huge when you can separate what you believe to be science versus what you believe to be theology. Right. And so... This culture had that. Eventually, they figured out what that line was, was those clay jars were filled with acid, half acid, or a little bit more than half acid, and that roll of copper in there. What they had, Steph, was batteries. That's amazing. 5,000 years ago, they had electricity. So these clay jars could have could have provided light for your home. Wow. So they had electricity, the concept of electricity and knew how to make big batteries. That's mm -hmm. what all they were doing. They just made big batteries. What what's in your Duracell today is that. Mm -hmm. It's copper. <laughs> it it's copper and acid. And so they had big batteries, electricity. 5,000 years before our biblical stories even take place. So how that happened, I don't know, and neither does anybody else. Yeah. They said that they were product of aliens. They say that they were a primate, kind of like us, mm -hmm. and that aliens came and injected their DNA, the double helix, into into the human into creating what they called the 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 human wow i believe it i'm in <laughs> but it is interesting because it is a similar story to again i said genesis right yeah that's exactly what happened the 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 sons of the gods right mm -hmm. they came down and they mated with the daughters of the earth and they yeah. created this smarter bigger stronger species mm -hmm. So it's similar to that story, just 
predates it by thousands and thousands of years. Right. And so, again, is it because aliens did come down or is or are they saying that like a person says, well, we're here because God made this? Okay. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because it's if you talk to someone who's 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 very religious say well god made this and someone mm-hmm. who's super super religious about like, god made this in six days and rested on the seventh and yeah and so if someone were to read that eight thousand years from now would they be asked wondering if we thought that literally or if that was a spiritual belief we had and oh. both is true yeah both it depends what you're reading mm-hmm. right so who knows what that was but i do know that it was i don't know why they had electricity seven thousand years ago mm-hmm but I do know they had electricity 7,000 years ago. I don't know why they knew Pluto was there 7,000 years ago. But I do know that they knew Pluto was there 7,000 years ago. Right. So either uh, aliens came and told them or they were more advanced as a species than we give them credit for. That we weren't so ooga booga. Mm-hmm. We could just be wrong. Just like the same with the pyramids. We could just be wrong. They could have had an incredible structure, infrastructure, and be incredibly organized and really did that well. Yeah, and also it took a really long time to build those. It took a really long time. And but, but like the phone, like the phone, if the people who know how to do it die Mm -hmm. and what you're left with is the people who only knew how to use it, don't know how to do it, and then their kids... It's even more magical to their kids. Yeah. At what point do you say, well, it was just just here. <laughs> it's just the gods. The gods. The gods. The gods. The gods is a space. Listen, we can fairly say that in the argument of religion, whichever way you go with theology, there is an argument to be made that God is a word we use for science we don't understand. Mm-hmm. And science is also sometimes used as a word for a God we don't understand. Like it goes both ways. So when this happens, it's possible that someone says, hey, look, think of today how we do that. We use the word miracle. Yeah. When shit we don't understand mm-hmm. why it happens, it's we use it was a miracle. So we, we assign some sort of celestial magic to it, a disruption of the law of the universe mm-hmm. to it. When in fact, we just don't understand why. Yeah. And so... So, and I know there are people out there, no, but it was a miracle, but I get what you're saying. And I, and I'm never going to argue that with you. And I think it's beautiful that you think that, but whether miracle or not, the universe was used to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And so we just don't understand that. So what's more likely that the laws were suspended for this occurrence, or we just don't understand it as well as we thought we did. And I think that's that's where we are. So when it comes to aliens, all these theories are fantastic. For me, I'm I'm I have a little bit of all of them, and I love every single yeah. one of them. I love interdimensional <laughs> uh-huh. stuff. I think that that's what makes them appear to go so fast mm-hmm. is that they're not going so fast; they're going so far. It's not how fast they're going; it's where they're going. I think that they space out, and fast is the optical illusion. Wow. That's weird to think about. Well, because did you ever see um, like Penn and Teller? Uh, they had a show called Bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just being vulgar. The name of the show was Bullshit. Yeah. And they would talk about how optical illusions is part of the magic. Mm-hmm. 
And so w- there was one in particular where they're they're talking about how how someone has two like solo cups. If you can imagine two red solo cups, um, they were hide a quarter under one of them, and they'll show you the magic. They'll say, "Look, we're going to put it under this one. Both cups get set down, and I'm just going to flick my wrist like this, and the quarter is going to go to the other one." And then they lift up the cup and the quarters at the other one. And you're like, wow, (laughs) it's actually a sleight of hand thing where they looks like they're putting the quarter down in one Mm -hmm. that they actually put it down in the other. That's not the interesting part for me. The interesting part for me is that because you think they put the quarter down one, when they flick the wrist, you almost see the quarter go lightning fast to the other. What? It is an optical illusion that did not occur, but your brain is trying to make sense of what's mm. happening. So it gives you something there that isn't there. I don't like that. I we can't it. rely on our brain. Well, your for... brain's lying to you the whole time. It's creating the story that shapes your existence and it's eliminating things that doesn't. That's that that's that that's for a different show. But that's where that agreement with reality defines your life. Mm-hmm. Where your eyes don't see, your eyes collect information and your brain tells you what you see based on what you believe, which is good news or bad news, depending on what you believe. But with that kind of stuff, your brain deletes it. You you teach your brain what to see or not see, mm-hmm. right? So like everyone out there, if you close one eye, just close one eye and you can see side of your nose, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Because we've learned that with one eye closed, we need that nose to help us with our depth perception as we navigate. Close the other eye. Right Mm -hmm. now you see the other side of your nose, because again, we've evolved to know that when one eye is closed, we need that nose for depth perception and ratio for movement. Mm. But when you open both eyes, where'd your nose go? Your brain has deleted it because we have learned that when both eyes are open, you don't need to see that. So it deletes it. When you close your eyes, it's there. When you open it. It's gone. And Nothing's it's n- real. And, and that it's not that it's gone. <laughs> it's that you have taught yourself through evolution that you don't need to see it when both eyes are open. So it deletes it. That's the great news. The bad news is when you teach yourself other things are true, your brain also deletes the things that contradict that. And that's why when you're having arguments with your family about religion and politics and you're talking about these things and you don't understand how they don't see it, they don't understand how you do see it, you are both absolutely correct. And your brains are doing a wonderful job of deleting the things that contradict your reality. Most people find that frustrating. I find it fascinating. (laughs) When it comes to alien, I find it most fascinating because again, I mean, there's an argument, I don't know what your research taught you, but there's an argument that we're the aliens. So that... Like the transpermia? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That we are the aliens, that, that the more things that fall from Mars, that mm-hmm. land on Earth, have the, the, the amino acids and the chemicals needed to build to seed aliens. Yeah. So there's an entire argument that we are the aliens, we being mm-hmm. our version of primate. Mm-hmm. are the aliens, which is why we seem to be the only species on Earth that isn't in sync with Earth. We are the only species on Earth that damage the Earth. We're the only species on Earth that have to have commercials and commercials and commercials of, hey, be nice to the Earth. <laughs> we're the only species that seems to do that. Oh, yeah. And we're the only species that seems a little different than everybody else. But there again, 
Who knows? So did was the Earth just great and something hit Mars and Mars rock hit Earth? And after hundreds of thousands of millions of years, um, that slowly turned into what we call evolution. Who knows? Yeah. And then again, then again, is it just God just saw and created and seeded it the way that it says the- theologically? Who knows? I don't know. Is that what happened? But but the people who tell the story, they assign it an anthropomorphic way, a very human mm-hmm. way of looking at it. Who knows? I don't know. But I find it fascinating. What what else did people have to say? Okay, so let's scroll down here. All right, so when we... When we first put this out here a couple of shows ago, we got actually a lot of great feedback. Great. A lot of good questions. Rick says, if aliens were to contact Earth, who would you want them to contact first? Government? Media? Something else? Um, who would I want them to contact first? I don't, I don't know that they would want to... They would separate it that way. Like... Think of what we're saying now. Like we, when we go, when we're talking about aliens, we're not talking about who's coming here. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know. Is is there is there aliens who would be visiting us? Are they the Columbus, or are they the NASA, mm-hmm. or are they the pirates? Yeah. Or I like who are they? Like are they the rule breakers? Like somewhere in some galaxy, you can't go, you can't go mess with the 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 other people. And they're the the pirates that are coming over here to <laughs> to steal and mm-hmm. pillage. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Are they the NASA that are curious? Are they, like you said, just creating and cultivating a garden for use in other ways <laughs> or a zoo? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I, I would want them to, I wouldn't want them to, um, I, I don't, I don't know who I would want them to contact. I, I can't even answer that because I, I don't. I don't view it that way. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that they come like that. I think that the ones that we see aren't from another planet. I think they're from another place within our planet, within that space. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I don't Yeah. I don't know. And I don't see what the point of it would be to dilute their message. Mhm. Mm, that's interesting. I think that in the the Hangar 1 episodes there was an episode. The Hangar One is what? Hangar One is a show. I think you can watch it on Hulu, and I I thought I saw it it's on Netflix now. It's just different episodes to talk about, you know, aliens interactions with us, and and there was one episode that that was about aliens and the presidents, and there's. There's See, something happened. Presidents have had contact with aliens. <laughs> See, you go there, so I don't know. <laughs> you go straight in. Well, you come from. A religious family, right? A religious upbringing, mm-hmm. right? So, so I don't, right. and so I I come from. I should correct that. I come from a Roman Catholic religion religious family, which is different. <laughs> like, there's a lot of idios mios. Yeah, there's a lot of signs though. of the cross, but it's not as intense as other. Um, religions and religious upbringings. Mm-hmm. I don't come from a religious culture. I come from uh, a religious custom. Right. There's a difference between coming from a religious custom than a religious culture. And yeah. you come from a religious culture. So the, the, the inclination to believe 
is kind of seeded within your family and your upbringing. For me, I like to break things down a little differently, mm -hmm. but I'm with you. Like, I'm not saying that they had contact with aliens. <laughs> I am saying, however, that some really interesting behaviors took place <laughs> that would make you think that that's what happened. Which one was the president who just disappeared for 12 hours? Just Truman. So Truman, and this is in like the early 50s, right? So Truman goes down to Nevada area and he disappears. Like the president of the United States goes down to Southern Nevada and then just disappears for 12 to 14 hours. So much so, and this is in the 50s, so this isn't like we can't track this. Mm -hmm. So much so that the press... The press starts to ask why, and they're about to report the president missing. They're about to report the president dead because they know that he left and they think that there was an emergency and that he died. Mm -hmm. So the president comes out, oh no, I was fine. It turns out I had an emergency uh, tooth. tooth something, so <laughs> I had to be driven in secret. Right. To an Air Force base in California. Mm -hmm. right? Or. <laughs> and nobody knew that was coming. That conversation was coming. There is no record of his tooth or arriving there mm -hmm. or anything like that. There was, however, a record of a meeting taking place within those 12 hours that was really, really classified confidential and all the top military defense brass was there. Now, unless his teeth, his tooth more specifically, was so important that the top brass in the defense would have to be at his dentist appointment that took place in secret in a time that he left completely unannounced to a different state Something happened. If, uh, the, yeah. <laughs> the, the rumor is that it was, in fact, that we do have some sort of treaty with an alien intelligence. Mm -hmm. And that that yes. was one of those moments in which we agreed on boundaries. There's a lot of things that come along with that because... Look, look at just the Roswell crash, which is the most famous. There are other famous ones, and there are other ones that don't get credit for being famous, which to me are much more interesting. But look at the Roswell one. When it happened in 1947, the Air Force didn't exist. It was part of the Army. It was called the Army Air Corps. After that crash happened or didn't happen, whether, they're saying, nothing to see here. It's just weather balloons. But also... We're going to do a National Security Act. Yeah. And we're going to establish the United States Air Force as its own separate entity because, and I quote, we need to take control of our skies. So it was a weather balloon that made an entire nation create a, a department of military. Or something happened. Also, at that time, our fastest plane was in a propeller. So we spent hundreds of thousands of years evolving into, into what we are. You know, it was like a, 
you know, a, a, a stick in a, a stick in a rock, stick in mm-hmm. a rock, stick in a rock. And then we started like, you can see it. It's so recent that we have video yeah. of people trying to make big wings mm-hmm. <laughs> and fly like a bird. Yeah. And then suddenly like the, here come like the advanced, uh, here's an engine. We take a combustion engine. If we mm-hmm. put enough power behind this shit, we can fly a little mm-hmm. bit. If we make the wings long enough and the plane light enough, but put enough power behind it in this combustible engine, we can be in the air for a little while. And this, these were our fastest planes. Then this happens. And not only are we microwaving minutes later, <laughs> not only are we taking food and cooking a minute later, not only are we communicating moments later, but we break the speed of sound. We go from hundreds of thousands of years of a stick in a rock mm-hmm. and just putting enough power propulsion behind something to make it fly a little bit. We go from that to breaking the speed of sound. And within two decades, we're standing on the moon with communications that reach NASA on Earth. Hundreds of thousands of years with a stick and a rock. And then something happens and within the smallest frame of time, literally just years, Mm -hmm. we're standing on the moon making a phone call to planet Earth. (laughs) Something happened. Something happened. And then again, fast forward a few more years. We're talking about 50 years. Think of the technology from 1947 to 1997. Mm-hmm. In just those 50 years, we went from a plane to propel, literally some idiot jumping off of a, of a cliff flapping wings to stealth fighters. Wow. Like, what? Something happened. It was aliens. Well, right. You say technology. that. Technology. Something so- happened. I'm not saying it was or wasn't, but I there is no doubt that something happened. And for me, that's a, that's a fascinating conversation. It is really fascinating. The, the crash at Roswell, we studied their ship, and then we landed on the moon 10 years later. It, it's... 20 years later. <laughs> well, either, either way, math, math issues aside, either way, it's... It's really fast. And and all the tests that went into and all the times we failed trying to get there and all the rockets that blew up and all that stuff, still, that's fine. It's still the idea that we had that technology and that the day before we didn't. Right. That to me is fascinating. And and listen, and people say how hard it is to keep a conspiracy and you know how many people have to be involved and that kind of stuff. And they would speak up. There are plenty of people who have spoken up. Right. There are entire, you mentioned Netflix. There's that Mm -hmm. one Bob Lazar guy on Netflix. How crazy is that? That his conversation with Joe Rogan was. He's talking about this thing. He's Mm -hmm. he's reluctant about it, but he talks about it. Hey, I was in charge of this. They told us they found, you know, these ships on an archaeological dig. He doesn't say Roswell. He doesn't say, Mm -mm. they just told us they found these ships and they're not from here. Help us figure it out. Mm -hmm. And that's what his job was. He's very nonchalant about it. He talked about, again, I go back to behavior. To me, it's more behavior than someone's story. I go back to behavior, and he talked about this element 
that existed. He says, you know, it's like its own little gravity, like a, this element that exists. At the time he said this, they were like, dude, that he's got just making shit up. That doesn't <laughs> exist. Now, 2020, mm-hmm. guess what? That element exists. And they say that it exists. And he's saying, when I did this 20 years ago, it existed. I told you guys 20 yeah. years ago it existed. And they accuse him of taking some of it, that he has some of it. And they raid everywhere he lives looking for it. So to me, I say, <laughs> if you're saying his story from back in the day is bullshit and that he was in charge of trying to reverse engineer these vehicles and that he had some of this element, if you say it's bullshit, why are you raiding his stuff? Right. If you think there's no way he could have it because the story's bullshit, why are you raiding his stuff? Why are you taking federal money to <laughs> raid his stuff? It's because you think he might have it. Yeah. Which means it's true. Yep. That it exists. Yep. 20 years later, they say, oh, you know what? Turns out this element exists. And he knew about it that far long ago. And so for me, again, behavior is everything. I don't know what he was working on, mm-hmm. but he was working on something. And I don't know what it is, but the, it was enough for them. And I mean them because there were some powerful forces behind this guy in the sense that they tried to make it look like he didn't work where he worked. That's so crazy. They erased the, his job stuff. They mm-hmm. erased like, dope, oh, never heard of him. His schools yeah. were like, hey, never heard of him. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. And, uh, and they did their best. They got scared and they tried to delete him. Fortunately, <laughs> there are some people like, yeah, I totally work with that guy there. Yeah. I totally work with that guy. And here's an old newspaper because again, the <laughs> internet didn't exist. So they're like, here's an old picture of all of us at the plant. And mm-hmm. they did an article on people who work there. And here he is. That's so Here crazy. he is as part of the team. And meanwhile, the plant's like, no, nah, he's never worked here. No, nah, we don't know him. They tried to do like a men in black to all of us. They did. They did. And, <laughs> and they do. They're pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good at that. Again, because look, UFOs are real and no one's talking about it. Yeah. It came out, guys. Yeah. Like Pen- it's the Pentagon it admitted it. <laughs> And but again, nobody's talking about right. it. It's very, it's it's a very interesting thing. But to go back to Rick's um, question, is that Rick? Rick? Yeah. Oh, hey, Rick. Rick. Um, yeah. To go back to that, that's I don't know what I would want. I I think that they already do, and how he, he would be a great to have that conversation about theology. Yeah. Like what's that? Like when 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 you have literal beings in other planets Mm -hmm. or from other planets that both seed and have interest in this planet at what point where are you weaving within god and aliens and are we just talking about different words and can they be used can they be interchanged well one's all powerful and all controlling well to some people's perspective so are aliens Mm mm-hmm but we're talking about beings from other planet that manipulate this one. Right. That's a fascinating <laughs> conversation to have and weave in between mm-hmm. what's, what's theology, what's myth and what could be a very, very real conversation, that cargo cult thing. Yeah. What could be a very real conversation of aliens coming and seeding and making things good and having those rules and doing magical, what we consider magical things. Mm-hmm. But then attributing a, a theological, magical aspect to it. For me, again, it's a conversation to uh, um, to have. And I love having that conversation. Yeah. I and mean, he also brought up, you know, are aliens created in God's image? You do take that. There's a lot of people who do take that theological 
yeah approach to it you know why do they have human characteristics well or are are again but that goes back to that same thing why they why they're anthropomorphized right, right. so mm-hmm. like we do almost everything we limit it right away till we put a human attributes right and so um or are you know is it because you you say are are aliens made in god's image well mm-hmm. are humans made in god's image is god made in human image who knows because again yeah. you have different religions their god looks like them yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so it's uh, if you if you look through the different versions of even Jesus, even the most recent religion, yeah, one of the most recent religions, Jesus is the main character. He looks different. In he every looks country. different in every culture. <laughs> yeah, go look at Buddhist Jesus. Mm-hmm. Go look at Chinese Jesus. Go look at American Jesus. Go right. look at you know like it's it's a different looking person. It's made in their image. Yeah, you know, but again, a human image, two arms, two legs. Mm-hmm. Some of them, the the Hindu Jesus has more. Yeah, but more than two arms, two legs. But you you can. It's still the same representation, same person, same name, same everything. It's interesting to know, is that because that's what people saw? Mm-hmm. Or are we literally made from that? Like, again, are we literally... We're so close to other primates and apes. Like, so close <laughs> in DNA. Yeah. Are we literally just that little spark that made us who we are? Like who, who knows? Again, who knows? There's, that's We're more of a right. theology conversation because then there's, there's other, there's other things that, you know, aliens could be a mushroom. You know, you don't, there's entire theological yeah. conversations of why our version of primate evolved to where, it, mm-hmm. to where it does and, and where hallucinogenic mushrooms come into place. That yeah, it sounds crazy, but it's that. really not that crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you actually look at the history and the language as mis misrepresented mm-hmm. there's a strong argument that that many of our religions our modern era abrahamic religions mm-hmm. are actually just bronze age mesopotamian mushroom cults yeah you know really really strong alice in wonderland <laughs> type stories mm-hmm. that uh that took that got legs a couple thousand years ago right yeah i have so many different theories I, i'm with that too it's fun for me like yeah. that kind of stuff it's it's a it's a great alien thing but for me i i'm more fascinated with the idea that that they are here they weave mm-hmm. they're from not only a different place but a different time different dimension a different dimension or and or they are a bacteria and there's nothing that that we can't necessarily see them they're not anthropomorphic mm-hmm. we're way off yeah and they are actually what's been killing us <laughs> And also at the same time, giving us our inspiration and they might just be a bacteria, like a host, a host kind of parasite that, that has its way. I don't know. Neither well, do you. Well, anybody else. you hear like, well, I'm, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't like people like Albert Einstein say it was as if like, it was like divine inspiration, like thoughts come into their head. Yeah. Is that aliens communicating? Well, someone like Einstein, just like Jefferson and that. They mm-hmm. get they get credited for being theists. You mm-hmm. know, some like the founding fathers get credited for being Christian and that, but they really weren't. They were deists, yeah. especially uh, uh, Jefferson. He changed the whole Bible because he wasn't a theist. He was mm-hmm. a deist, and so they, that is that they had a belief in God that there was a supreme power. You know, Einstein would famously say the the most inconceivable thing about this universe is that it's conceivable. Mm-hmm. Like there is an answer. Someone knows it, but it's not me. Right. And so even Einstein, as brilliant as he was back then, a lot of today's modern science, he was we get what he was getting at. And he was really brilliant. And he helped in so many ways advance the sciences. 
Uh, but he was also off. He was also wrong. Hmm. We know better now. Yeah. Even though he was so ahead of the game, we do know better about things. And even though he was astonishingly accurate for his era, some of the things he's wrong. And so, but he was more of a, of a deist, the belief that there is some supreme power, but what they fell short of is anthropomorphizing it, making it a person and giving it rules that he cares if you X, Y, Z, who you marry, when you marry, what words you say in what order, if you have churches, you don't have churches where, you know, they fall short of that. But they say that there is something there, but they make it a something more than a who. That's really interesting. That actually kind of goes to a question from Connor. He says, why do we assume E.T. uses radio to communicate? Do you think it's a waste of time and money? I think that it's not. I think that none of this is a waste of time or money. I think that thoughts and ideas are never a waste of time and money if, if they're used to contemplate existence, both yours and someone else's. Um, why radio? Because that's the most powerful thing we knew at the time. And we still don't understand this. We're just now learning. Look, look at computers and, and what computers look like in the nineties, in the late nineties. Let's take 2000, the year 2000, what a computer looked like in the year 2000 versus what one looks like now. Mm, right. I I don't I don't even understand it. Like we mm -hmm. don't understand. So at the time, radio wave is something we understood. We knew it. We can we can hear back when when we send out those satellites and those signals. We do hear back old TV stations. Mm -hmm. We do hear those things back. They do travel out there. And for our system at the time, that's what we knew. But right now, you're listening to a podcast. And imagine telling someone, even in the year two thousand that you will be listening to a radio show that's not on the radio. It's not a radio show at all, <laughs> but we call it a podcast. And when you say, what is it? It's like a radio show. It's like a radio show, mm -hmm. but it's not coming through radio waves. It's not coming through that at all. And it's not going to cut out if you go in a tunnel. Mm -hmm. It's not going to, it's out there in the cloud. <laughs> What does that even mean? What does that mean? Right. So we don't even understand what that meant at that time. But now, 2020, 20 years later, after year 2000, which we thought was the advance, mm -hmm. 20 years later, even the cloud is advancing. Now we understand the cloud even more. And by we, I mean everyone but me. Like, <laughs> I don't understand the cloud, but it's there. Mm -hmm. And we send things. Like I can press a button on my phone and it sends a picture to you on your phone. And you could be three quarters of the way across the United States. Mm -hmm. And you get it instantly. Yeah. How? Why? And if I'm saying, hi, Steph, have a great day. Mm -hmm. Not only will you get that text instantly, you will see when I'm writing it mm -hmm. with the dot, dot, dot. <laughs> you will see when I'm writing it as I write it. Mm -hmm. How? I don't know. <laughs> But I do know that it works. Yeah. So I don't think it's a waste of time. I think that keeping in mind that that conversations could reach and that we could reach some sort of other smart being, mm -hmm. I, I don't think that's a waste of time or money. Yeah. And yeah, I think that I. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> it's, listen, we're over an hour in. into this. Is that okay. crazy? That's crazy. I, it's crazy. And we could talk about this forever. 
Um, but let's not bore everybody. If you guys want another alien show, send in more alien ideas. But uh, let's keep let's keep at it and right. and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> You're all set. Uh, did anyone bring up ancient aliens? Yeah. I feel like that should be a show that should be recognized, even though people are probably sick of it, and I don't know if it still exists, but. That show was instrumental not only in talking about aliens or what what specifically it was about ancient astronaut mm-hmm. theory and that aliens are really just the ancient astronauts and we attribute that mm-hmm. to our gods and that right. kind of stuff. I think that's interesting. Again, um, what it does show is how wrong we are about how we think history worked. That that humans, even if divinely inspired by the gods, even if divinely inspired by aliens, that humans were smarter and more advanced in technology than we thought yeah and i love that so you could check out maybe there's a best of kind of ancient aliens <laughs> i know the cargo cult thing they have ancient aliens has a great um video for that it's only a couple minutes long mm-hmm. um it's called cargo cargo cult theory and it's from ancient aliens what else we got Deb? well one last alien question Go from ahead. lily if you were to if you were to make contact with a being from another planet, what message would you send and why? What? Um, what? If I were to yeah. come in contact with a being from another planet, mm-hmm. I would be selfish and I would listen first because <laughs> I would be more fascinated with what they, they have to say. And then at my response to that would, would be me just being me. Mm-hmm. And if they and if I was stuck to what Lily said, and I appreciate the question, Lily, if I'm stuck to what you said, I would be who I am. I'd say, hey, listen, we're we're doing our best. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you're thinking, we're doing our best. Some stuff we get right really Mm -hmm. well. And maybe you can help us advance this like we need to feed more people and do Mm -hmm. it more consistently. Um, some things we don't get right. We can't have conversations without pointing shit at each other and and blowing each other up or, you know, fighting about stuff like that. Um, help us out in that way. But if I had one message for them is that, Hey, we're doing our best. And, and overall, I think that we're good, but we're just trying our best. Oh, that was, that was really good. I I just, I don't, what else would you, what would you tell them? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I don't know (laughs) what I would tell them. I don't know what I would say. I I would, I wouldn't, they said, tell us about humans. Hey, we're doing our best. Some, sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we don't like, we don't realize how huge this planet is. Mm -hmm. I'm fortunate where I've traveled it some. So for me sitting in New York, I know right now, as I speak, there's, there's millions of people who are sitting in their hut somewhere, mm-hmm. in their home, quote unquote home, and they're they're out subsistence, getting their food. There's no really philosophy talk. They're just getting their food. They're dirty. They're hungry. Um, there's animals walking around. They might come eat them. Like that's existing right now, well, and that's a lot of people. So for me, a message of humanity. It, it's really hard. I can, I can, do they want the New York version of, you know, humanity Mm -hmm. or do they want a message? The message would be, listen, we're doing our best. If you could help us, that would be great. If you can sort this out, we argue about silly things. Hey, tell us what this is. Now, what happens? I throw this back at you, Lily, (laughs) because we're humans, because we're primates, because our, uh, because our agreement with reality defines our life. What if aliens do come and they say, Oh, Hey, 
well, would you guys call God? This is actually what happens. Mm-hmm. This is this, and this is how this goes. Oh, oh, that was made like this. Oh, hey, by the way, we build this like this. That was actually this. Mm-hmm. Tell me that that's not going to make shit worse. <laughs> it will. Right? Yeah. Because we're just, in our polarizing way, we can't agree on what the news is. Well, that's why the government is slowly revealing. Well, I, I, we can't even agree what the news is. Yeah. You turn on one news channel and news is one thing. You turn on the other news channel. It's a completely different thing. Yeah. But they're talking about the same thing, but completely different spins. Mm-hmm. We can't even agree what the news is. <laughs> so imagine an alien race comes down and mm-hmm. they do have answers for us. And their answers are, actually, this is what happened. And it contradicts what our stories are, which it 100% will. Yeah. Um, How well do we take it? And how quickly before we tell these aliens to shut up? You know what I mean? Like that's, so it's, it's interesting. Did you see on Netflix, they had, um, a, uh, uh, Netflix series called Messiah. Oh, that was so good. So that's a perfect thing. Like here's a guy, he's, he's like claiming to be a Jesus esque kind of favorite figure. Yeah. But in the modern day Mm -hmm. and they're like, okay, well, here's a middle Eastern man. (laughs) who has a little bit of a shady past. We don't know. Just like our biblical Jesus, he's born. We see him talk on the temple steps like when he's 12. Mm-hmm. And then we don't see him again until he's 30. So we don't know what, what. We just know he had trouble gathering people. Yeah. He had trouble. He tried to get 12 people <laughs> to on his side and he couldn't do it. Nope. One unfollowed. He got 11. You know? And mm-hmm. so that was him. So this this uh netflix series is great because here in the modern day you have this messiah-esque figure who's saying he's who he is he doesn't seem to budge on who he is he's not trying to be he's not trying to lead the masses it's just what he's saying but he has a shady kind of past and it's very very interesting how we deal with the very thing that we would be um even if someone didn't have a shady past if a if a, if a bronze man came from the Middle East and said, I am your Messiah, how well would that go? And I don't know how well it would go. So it's very interesting how we would relate to aliens if we see how we already relate mm-hmm. to people. Who was, the, who was the guy who unfollowed Jesus? What was his name again? Judas. Judas. So... We the story goes that Judas betrayed him, but isn't there the theory that Judas actually was the only one who was helping him? There's a, I like a that bunch theory. of there's a bunch of theories, but I know in my own life, being not Jesus, <laughs> that I will help, and I've been helping people for two decades, mm-hmm. and there will there will be people who will completely shun me and shit on me and insult me and badmouth me and try to take me down. Because I don't believe the same theological story mm-hmm. they do. Yeah. So I can't imagine if I added, I also heal the dead. <laughs> and like, I can't imagine if I added that. There are yeah. people who, I've done better things than anyone in their congregation has ever done. Mm-hmm. I've done it with my own money, never mind with their money. Yeah. I've done it with my own money and they will shun me, not let me in, not talk to me mm-hmm. and, and disown me as a human. Because I don't believe the same theological stories as right. So that's just someone like me. Imagine an alien. <laughs> Imagine a Jesus. Like, 
just humans being humans. It'd yeah. be very interesting to see that that um, the, the the Pentagon wouldn't have to hide it from you. Right. They would just say, "Hey, these are aliens." They seem to lean Republican, <laughs> and you've you've lost half the country yeah. or over half the country. Oh, they seem to lean Democrat. Yeah. Oh, you just lost the mm-hmm. other half. Like it's just, and that's just in this country. <laughs> Imagine all of Scandinavia. Oh, that right. doesn't believe in anything like that. Yeah. <gasps> they have no theology over there anymore. So, but that's such a good point. Like, so who knows? Like I said, who knows? But again, we're boring everyone, I think. And if I'm wrong, I don't think so. If I'm wrong, send in more stuff you want to talk about. The people asked for the it. The people. All right. So, you want to go? Where, what are we at right now? We're at like five hours. All right. You want to go with Steve Reed's? <laughs> um, do we have, I'd like to go, do you have like some of our more popular things for the week? I do, for those who yeah. were not, who were not tuning in for okay. Steve's take on shit he couldn't possibly know about. <laughs> do, do they? Yeah, we have some top posts. <laughs> for those who weren't tuning into one hour of Steve's speech completely out of his ass. Well. We have top posts. Yeah, we have top posts. Also, aliens are real. Okay. <laughs> I, so there was a funny one that we posted. I don't need a personal trainer as much as I need someone to follow me around and slap, slap unhealthy the, food out of my mouth. Food, yeah. We need to, I told you at the beginning of this thing, I, I learned that what I thought was really good willpower was actually good behavioral patterns. Mm. I, I didn't teach myself to fight off cravings. I taught myself to avoid cravings. Wow. And that's something that I had to learn. And I'm still learning mm-hmm. because food's good. So good. <laughs> it's so good. So yeah, I'm glad that people resonate with that. And again, every day is brand new and just learn your new patterns. And again, the more the more you can see that uh um with changes you actually were weaker than you thought, like I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the change, I, I didn't have good strength. I had good system. Yeah. With the change I had I saw that I was actually more vulnerable and weaker than I thought. Mm-hmm. And I had to make that adjustment. Give yourself that opportunity. Like, don't you don't ever have it figured out. Life is that. Yeah. For those of you who are twenty, and I don't have to tell those of you who are my age. I don't have to tell those of you who are older. (laughs) Life is just when you think you got all the answers, they change all the questions. (laughs) That's what life is. So you just adjust. Give yourself that that freedom to adjust, Mm -hmm. but definitely adjust. Okay, another top post. Make sure your kids aren't choking on the bitterness you have for your ex. The text that went with that was parental alienation is an emotional act of violence that is aimed at an adult, but critically wounds a child. I can't tell you how many stories we get like this. It's heartbreaking and I want to do more on this. I yeah. just don't, I have to study more about it, the extent of it. Um, but that's weaponizing kids mm. is disgusting and more common than you think there are a lot of parents out there that are really good parents who the kids don't know it because the other parent is poisonous as shit and tells lies and hurt thinks they're hurting you but they're actually hurting the kid that those stories come in it's heartbreaking and people listening right now are like yep yep Mm -hmm. yep that was me i was trying to be a good mom i was trying to be a good dad and my ex just kept filling my kids heads with bullshit and poison and you know, they were punishing me because our marriage didn't work out. They were like, all right, well, I'm taking them you know, kids down with it. The kids will know what a piece of garbage yeah. you are. And that's damages the kid. It damages the kid a lot more than it damages the adult. It damages the adult's feelings. Like it hurts the adult's feelings and it hurts them emotionally. But it 
brutally damages the kids because they are at an age, whatever age, they're at an age where this will change the trajectory of their entire life because you were so mad at your ex that you kept firing at them and swinging at them and didn't realize that you were actually hitting the kids. We should talk about that. Uh, on, and if you have parental alienation stories, feel free to shoot them over <laughs> and, and, and share as well as any good websites you suggest for those of you, you know, some people go through it and they, they know they have like the whole, all of this stuff available to them. Mm -hmm. If you have some good stuff, we should do a show on that. I think we should definitely do a show on that. All right, so you have to accept that some chapters in our lives have to close without closure. There's no point in losing yourself by trying to fix what's meant to be broken. Yeah, um, you have to accept that some chapters in our lives have to close without closure. You don't have to accept that. You can drive yourself crazy forever. But I've learned that that's true with so many things. I don't have to accept that someone hurt my feelings or someone betrayed me. I don't have to accept it. But my life gets so much better when I just accept it. My life gets so much better when I just stop arguing with reality. No, they shouldn't have do it, done it. No, they shouldn't do this. No, I shouldn't feel betrayed. No, this shouldn't have happened. No, this shouldn't have ended. All of those things may be true, but they're also very, very painful because they did do it. It did end. It did happen. And so the more you argue with reality, the more psychological, spiritual, and soul pain you feel. So the one of the most healing things you can do is, is to just accept that some chapters in our lives close without closure. And, and maybe the non-closure is the closure. You know, you can tell a lot about a person by the way they leave. You can tell a lot about an event or a relationship by the way it ends. And sometimes that is the closure. What's leaving it open is that you think it shouldn't be closed. Once you accept that it is closed, then you can move on without arguing with reality. It's a really, really difficult thing to do, but psychologically incredible once you do it. We posted a quote like a decade ago that said something like, picking up the pieces is only going to like cut you. So I really like that that visual. Yeah. Well, that's that's always mm -hmm. that. Like you're you're always trying to figure it out. And I you know, you've known me so long, Steph, that you know I used to try and analyze this shit back and forth. And you just don't you, you never heal that wound because you stay two feet in keeping it open. And meanwhile, the person or event that gave you that wound every single day gets further and further. So you have, you know, I was talking about calendars earlier. Just picture a calendar. Picture those desk calendars that are almost like books. Mm -hmm. And you're going through years and years of just fanning through the pages. Each day goes by that fast, <laughs> it seems, right? Yeah. You're fanning through the pages, fanning through the pages, fanning through the pages. And the, the page that's open on your calendar is, you know, June uh, of 2011, and you're looking at that person like, and they're staring at their calendar of June of 2011. They're like, damn shit. Oh, I can't believe this is happening. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I can't believe. They keep looking at that. The next day you go there, they're looking at that same page 
shit, I can't believe this mm-hmm. happened. This shouldn't have happened. A month later, you go there, they're still looking at that same page. Oh, I can't believe this is happening. And you're, you're looking at them like, hey, you're on, a, you're on a page that has been gone for, this is the day. Like, yeah. You're on a page that's been gone for years. We fanned through a lot of other books. You're still looking at that same page. Once you realize that you can turn that page, you get to see the rest of the days. And that on that next page even, it's a clean slate. But it is really, really challenging. It, it, it's so easy to say, let go. It's that Zen proverb, let go or be dragged. Yeah. It's so easy to say. It's really challenging to do. But just like diet and exercise, so easy to say, <laughs> challenging to do. Just like that, when you do it, your life is so much better, so much healthier, so much stronger, and so much more possibility. All right, last one. My story is filled with broken pieces, terrible choices, and ugly truths. It's also filled with a major comeback, peace in my soul, and a grace that saved my life. I mean, if there's ever anything that describes so many of us, that's it. Yeah. You know, you... you I, I, you hear me say often, I'm not just here for the victories. I'm here for the scars. Yeah. And that's really it. I mean, I think that that came last year when I was writing the Whispers and Echoes book, the mm-hmm. Whispers of Genius, Echoes of Madness, when I was just finally coming to not terms with, but because I am how I am, public terms with the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because I thought it was so important that, that we kill the guru idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you do realize like, yeah, this is filled with a lot of great stuff. But also along the way, there are those bumps. Along the way, there are those those happy mistakes and sad mistakes. Along the way, there's, there is greatness and there's selfishness. There's darkness and there's light. There's all of those things. There are times that you can't believe how blessed and lucky you are. And there's times you can't believe how unlucky you are. There are times you can't believe how great you feel and what great you're doing. And there are other times you can't believe what a heartless animal you are. There are times for that. And for some of you, you may not feel that. But I know for me, man, I've had those ups and downs, those, those, those excellent things, those broken pieces that I do have to, you know, a lot of what people love about what I write aren't from the good times. Those are the scars. It's like the Grand Canyon. People, people look at the, the stuff that I write, what, what, you, what you and your team call the Steve product. Mm-hmm. People look at that stuff like they visit the Grand Canyon and how beautiful it is. And they take pictures of it and they share it. But for me, I know that that Grand Canyon, what makes the Grand Canyon so beautiful is that it used to be ocean. It used to be the bottom of an ocean. It used to be that is where the rock, the ground fought the water and lost. (laughs) The Grand Canyon are scars of where water beat rock. It is not a place of victory. It is a place of defeat. And the beauty isn't in the wholeness. The beauty of the Grand Canyon is the scars. And when people see me and they they love what I write, you are looking at the scars. You're looking at when I ventured and lost. You're looking at when my heart, when I loved and my heart broke. You're looking at when I trusted and was betrayed. You're looking at when I was trusted and betrayed. You're looking at all of those things. It's the scars. So yeah. Your life is all those things. And that somewhere along the way, 
there's a beautiful transition, this light, it could be a person, it could be a place, it could be a thing, it could be the celestial theological God, it could be that thing that captures your heart, and there is a grace that transitions in each brand new day that lets you know, I got you, we got this, it can be better, let's take that first step today. And yes, I love that that quote and I love the people. The people who resonate with that, those are my people. Well, that's it for top posts. Yay. Hope you guys love the alien. Hope you like this alien show. Leave it leave it to, to an alien show to be almost 2 hours. <laughs> uh, do we have a Steve Reeds? Yes, I sent you keep your eyes on your own plate. Me mama. Yep. My madre. You did that sneaky because Mother's Day? Yep. So, my mom was awesome. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that to any of you. But um, one of the things, keep your eye on your own plate, was, uh, I think that's in the first book. I don't uh, know what book no, it's in. No, it's an unapologetic for okay, you. So, keep your eyes on your own plate is um, something that, that my mom used to say to us and and I'm sure it's in the piece and I'm sure I'll read it but I'm going to go off the cuff a little bit. It was something that she used to say to us. Now if you could just picture my mom. She's um maybe 22 years old in this scenario. <laughs> She's 22 years old. She has two crazy ass boys and they live we live in an attic apartment in New York. It's hot. There's no air conditioning. Typical immigrant family. Just picture typical immigrant family. A, a, a husband who's in painting, construction, plumbing, whatever he can do. A a baby of a mom who's, I want to say she's 22, maybe she's 21. With two kids, young boys who are just blah, 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 in a hot ass New York apartment, eating what they can eat, uh, feeding her family the best that they can as, as immigrants here. And... Um, my mom would always say like, Hey, keep your eyes on your own plate. Cause we would argue. And like so many things of my mom, because uh, most people will hear me like deify my mom almost. And it's not that I'm doing that. It's that as I get older, first of all, when they die, something interesting happens with your relationship with people and your parents, at least for me, all the bullshit fades away. All those edges are smoothed. And you are able to experience the best of them. So as I get older and as I experience some of the things my mom experienced, um, some of what I thought was, wasn't as wise as it was, was actually really good wisdom. Whether she meant it or not, it was actually really good wisdom. I, I would... I would love to have seen, and I won't ever, but I would have loved to have seen what my mom's brain would have been with a proper like education and upbringing like mm -hmm. that. If, if that's who she was with the horrific upbringing she had and then just taking a role of a mom in her, in her late teens and early 20s, um, she was so happy with it and this isn't anything she wanted. She did what she wanted and she was amazing at it. Me, selfishly as a son, I couldn't help but wonder what my mom would have, that brain would have been like had she been born here. Mm -hmm. had, had she 
had her parents done for her what my parents did for me. But um, this Keep Your Eyes on Your Own Plate is in the Unapologetically You book, and it's me writing a, a quick little wisdom from my mom, which I will read now in It's Time For Steve Reads. All right. Keep your eye on your own plate. Keep your eye on your own plate and enjoy your meal. This was my mom's repetitive mantra at the dinner table in the late 70s as she surely fought off the urge to dropkick my brother and I while we argued about who got more mashed potatoes or too many vegetables or not the same amount of rice, etc. At the time, I don't think she was trying to convey wisdom as much as she was simply trying to get us to shut up. And, and, and still, there is deep wisdom in this mantra. How would your life be different if you kept your eyes on your own plate and enjoyed your meal? We seem to go through life changing the intangible. We even have an expression, keeping up with the Joneses, that we use to describe this chase. At some point in our lives, usually when it's too late, we realize the Joneses are full of shit and they are in debt too. They have marital problems too. They have issues with their kids too. They stress about their career too. While you were trying to keep up with them, they were trying to keep up with you and now you're both in it deep. Keep your eyes on your own plate and enjoy your meal. That doesn't mean you shouldn't endeavor for more. I think it's our human nature to move towards growth and success. But when doing so, don't let the quest for more blind you to what you already have. Give yourself the time to be grateful for what you already have. Let the gratitude for today fuel you on your journey towards tomorrow. There is no greater way to dilute your own blessings than to compare them with what you perceive is the blessings of another. Enjoy what you have. Be grateful. Move in the direction of your own personal growth and success, not that of another. Be you. You will never, ever be great at being someone else. Keep your eyes on your own plate and enjoy your meal. And just like that, Steph, my mama still giving (laughs) advice to the masses Thank you so much for doing this show. I really appreciate everything that you do to get this ready. Thank you, everybody, for for writing in and sharing your ideas and your stories. If you have more, share them, um, and we can do more shows. Here's the cool thing. We control this, and this is your show. So I'm going to sit down and, and, and do whatever show that all of you want. I love this, and I love all of you. I hope you're having a fantastic day. I'm sending you big hugs, lots of love from New York. Keep sharing. If you want to find us, you can find us on stevemariboli.net. Uh, social media, I'm pretty findable. Make sure you are only interacting and following the blue verified checkmarked pages. Uh, and Steph, do we have sponsors? I just, I know I'm going to get to them every time and I just don't. We what do. We, we do? have Audible, Audible, Audible.com, Audible doc, slash Steve Maraboli. You get a free audio book with a 30 day trial audibletrial.com slash Steve Maraboli audibletrial.com slash Steve Maraboli and if they sign up they get a free audiobook yes that's pretty cool yeah it's awesome get one on aliens <laughs> yeah get do it conspiracy theories <laughs> Brad Meltzer's book 
he does like a audiobook that's top 10 conspiracy series. Mm-hmm. I listen to that on planes all the time. Oh, that's so awesome. good. I love all things Brad Meltzer. Um, but that's great. Audibletrial.com slash Steve Maraboli. Sign up. You can get a free audiobook for download. And do, wait, do they get to keep? What if they don't like Audible? If if if, if you don't like Audible, which you which <laughs> so you're saying that, that I shouldn't say things like that? that. But for real, what you if get, someone signs up? Keep, what's worse you get than a, that? You get to keep that audiobook. All right. So if they sign up, mm-hmm, you get to keep it. But <laughs> people wonder so why I'm great. never so sponsor friendly because <laughs> I ask these questions. Because you sign up for shit sometimes and you don't like it. Yeah. And then you're stuck. But you'll really well, like Well, I don't Audible. want them to be stuck. So you're saying if they sign up, mm-hmm. audibletrial.com slash Steve Maraboli, they sign up, they get a free download. And if that, for whatever reason, they do not like audible.com or they want to mm-hmm. take back, they don't want to spend whatever, right. they get to keep that audiobook. Yes. Ah, I can't yeah, beat that. That's hey, awesome. Hey, folks, free book alert. <laughs> free book alert. So <laughs> enjoy that. And Steph, again, thank you so much for everything. Thank you. Folks, this is the Steve Maraboli podcast, Whispers of Genius, Echoes of Madness. We'll see you next time.